Welcome to Formula 101. I'm Peyton, and this is not your average race recap of Formula 1 races. I'm going to be talking about a lot of exciting things both on and off the track, and I'm so happy you guys are listening with me. Uh this is going to be a fun ride, so thanks for coming along. Thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Formula 101. My name is Peyton. I'm going to be your host for the podcast. I'm so excited you guys are here. I appreciate every single person who decides to listen to this. I really do appreciate you taking the time. So, I am currently a college student. I am 21. I wish I was doing this from my college campus, but due to the obvious circumstances of COVID, I am recording this from my kitchen table, so I do apologize for any inconvenience that that may cause or any noise in the background, but I've been thinking about doing this podcast for a long time. It's something I've kind of had in the back of my head for a while. Always wanted to take a lot of the thoughts that I had about Formula 1 and share them with a wider audience, hopefully to relieve my family and friends from having to listen to me talk about it uh, day in day out. But Formula 1 is probably the single thing that I am really most passionate about in my life. I've been watching it for about 7 years now and I would consider it to be really important to my life um and it's something I'd even love to have a career in if that's possible. But I wanted to make a podcast that kind of allowed me a platform to delve into the things that I felt like weren't being touched on in the other podcasts that I saw on the market. Now my knowledge of those podcasts is severely limited. but i felt that a lot of the things i saw were simple kind of race recaps if you will that they were talking about the last race that happened and the podium and the drama and and those things which i appreciate i listen to them but again there seemed to be a a missing link between all of those things that kind of were more informative about all the things that went into formula 1 and expanded from that viewpoint and why rules and regulations were the way they were and specific history of the sport and and kind of both on and off track characteristics that made the sport so special and the things that I had learned about and really loved participating in that that gave it kind of this this wonderful uh spot in my heart so i'm not limiting this podcast to just formula 1 i'm not going into say football or bas- basketball but um now I'm not limiting this podcast to simply just formula 1. I'm not going to go into say baseball or soccer. Uh but I am going to talk about things like formula 2 and formula E. I'm going to touch on those in the next episode to give a little broad overview as I'm learning about those right now and kind of wanted to take you along for the journey. I'm also going to see if I can grab a few guests on here. Hopefully my good friend uh will join me. She's fairly new to the sport. She her first in to Formula 1 was through Drive to Survive, which is the Netflix documentary series that has two seasons um that is kind of a very dramatic showing of Formula 1 uh through the media lens. Uh that was the first way that she got into Formula 1. and i'm going to talk to her about her perspective about it based on that as uh in kind of contrast to me someone who's been watching the races themselves first 
and then moved on to Drive to Survive. Also, I'm hoping my brother will join me, my older brother. He is a big, big sports fanatic, a huge fan of baseball and football. He doesn't quite think Formula One is a sport, which I think will be fun to chat about with him. And beyond that, I'm hoping I'll be able to speak to him a little bit about what it means to be a sports fan, kind of what it means to participate in the online community of sports fans, what that looks like, characteristics, different platforms, all of that to take a bit of a a digital viewpoint on Formula One and sports in general, as well as even some, some movie reviews. I like to think of myself as a movie buff. I have only taken three classes in college about film, so I am not an expert, but I certainly like to think of myself as one. Uh, So I'll be talking about a few movies that I've seen surrounding the topic of Formula One and racing and maybe giving you a few movies to add to your own watch list if you have one. And I think it'll also be fun to look at what the do's and don'ts are about attending Formula One races. I've had the privilege to go to a few in my lifetime, and it's certainly something you learn what not to do and what to do each time you go. And hopefully I can share a few tips that maybe you can apply if you get to go as well. So the next logical step that I want to move into is explaining kind of how I got into Formula One. It's not necessarily something that I was ever talked to about or it wasn't brought up to me in any way. I live in America. This is the land of NASCAR and IndyCar. Formula One was not ever in a textbook or in something that I would see or read. So it would make sense that my first preview and introduction to Formula One and cars would be in leaving the country. Uh, So in 2013, my family took our first trip outside of the country And we uh, stopped first in London. And we stayed in this gorgeous little, I think, five or six-story flat. And on one floor, which was technically like the, the living room, if you could call it that, with a TV and a couch... I remember sitting down with my brothers and, and turning on the TV and stumbling on a show called Top Gear. Now, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to assume that anyone has heard of it, but I think it's, it's fairly popular especially in the car community. It's been around for quite a few decades, but it's kind of this car slash entertainment slash just a bunch of ridiculousness kind of show that uh, was originally hosted by these three middle-aged men known as Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammonds, and James May. Now they've since moved on to an Amazon show on Amazon Prime known as The Grand Tour, Uh, But they all started together on Top Gear. And they have this segment on the show, on Top Gear specifically, that was called The Star in the Reasonably Priced Car, which was when they had a celebrity come on the show and they were interviewed uh, like you would on any kind of talk show. But they also had the opportunity to drive a kind of cheap, poorly made car around the track, the racetrack that was near the studio that it was filmed in and they would time the lap and they would they would put it on a leaderboard and they'd get to see where they ranked compared to other celebrities 
And they also kind of had a subset of, of this section where they would bring in racing drivers and, more, and, and Formula One drivers to do the same thing. And that was really fun because they'd obviously be much better at racing the car around the track than the, uh, the average person was. Uh, but I can say with some confidence, and I say some because I'm not entirely sure, that that episode that I must have turned on in 2013 had a Formula One driver as the star in the reasonably priced car. And now I, I can't say with, with for sure absolute certainty that this was true. Uh, trust me, I've tried to dig it out of my brain. I've tried to figure it out. I can't. Um, but the show was something that I really fell in love with immediately. I still watch it to this day. I absolutely adore it. I watch it obsessively. Um, if I can't find something to watch, I usually just go on YouTube and I find those compilation videos or highlight reels that they have from the show and just will watch those. And I am, I'm content. Um, but it really got me interested in cars in general and that led to my interest in Formula One. And so um, the best way to get to know me, and I think to get to know anyone who is in Formula One, is by the drivers that they support. And so a lot of people often, when you bring up that you watch F1, or when I talk to people about it, they ask if you're a fan of a driver or a fan of a team. I think a lot of Older uh, fans who have been watching for a long, long time tend to be more of a fan of a team because they've seen so many drivers come and go that it's more about the team itself than it is the actual person. I've been really lucky enough to have the driver that I support most stick around and be around for all the years that I've been watching. So I am a fan of drivers more than I am of a team. So I think the first driver that I have loved since the very, very start is Sebastian Vettel. And so before I go any further, I guess I have to add the disclaimer that this podcast will include a lot about Sebastian Vettel. I am going to go out of my way to bring him up. Um, I think he's, he's wonderful. He is my favorite. Um, and so if you don't like him, if you have anything against him, this might not be entirely the podcast for you. I'm not saying that I'm going to sit here and, and wax poetically about him for an hour every, every week or whatever. That's absolutely not the truth. Um, but I will include him in some things. So again, I would say that Sebastian Vettel is my first and foremost favorite driver. He is a 33 year old from Germany. So he has four world championships which puts him third in line behind Michael Schumacher with seven world championships and Lewis Hamilton with six. So he is largely considered by a lot of people as one of the best drivers ever, and I think I would agree. He's currently racing for Scuderia Ferrari. Obviously, that is changing for next year. Earlier this year, uh, Ferrari decided to drop him and to no longer extend his contract. Instead, they signed Carlos Sainz Jr., who is coming over from McLaren. So that was a pretty bold move uh, by the Italians who are kind of suffering right now with a really, really poor car. But the good news being is that he is not retiring, which was a, a paralyzing fear of mine. 
he is moving to a new team for next year, which is Aston Martin. Even though the team is not on the grid currently right now, they are going to be the rebranded and reworked Racing Point team. Uh, that's the pink car on the grid. That They have that kind of Pepto-Bismol tone to them. So they're going to uh, become Aston Martin next year, and Sebastian will be partnering Lance Stroll with that team. And so I can admit that I didn't like Sebastian when I first saw him. And I say like in the context, not that I hated him, but that I really didn't know him. And 2013 was the last year of his his consecutive championship run, and he did really well in that season. And I am never someone who enjoys watching the same person win over and over again. So you can imagine how I feel about the current season, but I I didn't know Sebastian. I didn't really focus on him really until I actually started getting into the sport in much more depth. And so 2014, I really delved into everything head first. And that was when things changed for me. And so I think it's rare in life when you can pinpoint a specific day, time, whatever, when you can feel your life change. But that really did happen to me. I'm lucky enough to remember a good enough portion of the day that I first saw Sebastian in person uh, and I realized that that my interest in Formula One was much more than just a passing fancy and was actually something I was really deeply passionate about. And so I specifically remember October 31st, 2014 at 2.41 p.m. And that was the first time that I saw him walk out on stage during this interview and he was 20 feet from me. And I just, it's a moment that I I treasure forever. Um, I saw him at Circuit of the Americas, or known as CODA, which is in Austin, Texas in the United States. And I saw him wearing this terrible branded Red Bull cowboy hat. So he was on Red Bull at the time, it was his last year. He was wearing baggy jeans and 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 the sponsor covered shirts that they all have to wear. And he both him and his teammate at the time, Daniel Ricardo, had this horrible like goatee mustache situation going on, you know, the connected kind of facial hair that goes around the mouth. But I looked at him and I went, that's the one. Like I just, I can't tell you why that moment was so important, but I was like, yes, that's it. That's the guy I'm going to support. Um, and I haven't, I haven't looked back since. Like no part of me has regretted that decision or wanted it to change. No cell in my body said you made a mistake. And I think that's, that's kind of telling. But he has a wonderful character. Um, I think I latched onto him a lot for the reasons that made him different from other people is that he is a public figure. I mean, he is a massive celebrity, if you can use the word. I feel like he'd hate using that word to label himself, but he has millions upon millions of fans and is extremely popular, yet he still doesn't use social media. He's so private about his personal life and his family life. Um, He hates talking about himself. 
to other people, whether it's about his accomplishments or his records or the the litany of incredible things that he's done in his career, he never likes to speak about. He really genuinely cares about his teams as well, whether it's on Ferrari or Red Bull. He always puts 110% into it. He does so much more than he is asked. He stays behind and helps the teams after races are over. He's very involved in the actual building and the development of the cars, which is, is rare. He still goes on track walks every every race, which is something a lot of the more experienced drivers don't do once they know the track. But I, I really always appreciate those portions of his character that make him stand out and and his humility and just, I think he has a good heart and, and he really puts himself in a different camp than the rest of the drivers. And that's not a dig at anybody else. Absolutely not. That's just a personal preference that I'm, I'm stating that made me kind of really fall in love with him. Outside of Sebastian would be Daniel Ricardo, which I feel like I have yet to find somebody who actively dislikes somebody who smiles as much as he does. Um, he is a 31-year-old Australian. He is currently racing for Renault, is set to move to McLaren next year, which was the big change that we saw uh, outside of Sebastian's move. But he has earned the nickname or given himself the nickname of the Honey Badger, which is developed by the idea that he is all fierce and ferocious, but also cute and cuddly which are his words and not mine. Uh, But I think he's a really accomplished driver. And yes, he is racing at a time where all of his accomplishments or the things that he has, has achieved are overshadowed by the Mercedes cars that are head and shoulders above everyone else. But he's had his fair share of wins He's a great overtaker. I think he's somebody who in, in a different life would absolutely win championships and and would be doing much better than he's doing. But uh, the time that he's racing has, has, has proved an obstacle for him becoming more successful. But he's an absolute blast. I'm so, so excited for next year when he's going to be partnering uh, alongside Lando Norris at McLaren. And Lando is probably the, is the newest addition to F1's favorite driver, I think. He is an absolute joy. He's hilarious. He is, I think, 20 or 21. He's from the UK. But this is his second year in F1 right now with McLaren. He is super fun to follow on Instagram and on social media. I think he's got over, over 2 million followers Um, But I really got to know him even a lot better over this quarantine through everything that he did on Twitch, which Twitch is a live streaming platform where people do anything from music to art to video games to esports. It's a really fun platform that I got introduced to through Lando, but it even made me a bigger fan of Lando because he participated in a lot of the live esports races that Formula One put on in lieu of their actual races. So they they transferred everything to the digital realm and tried to get a lot of these uh, newer racers to use the video game. I think it was the F1 2019 video game or something 
to sign on and they would get to race at the track that they were supposed to be at, uh, but again, virtually instead of in person. And so uh, Lando is also, I think, part of the reason why he's become so popular is that he really is very much a part of the internet culture, all the memes, all of the kind of things that he's put into making a personal brand for himself, which works perfectly in tandem with just a joyful personality that he has. And he's absolutely lovely to be around and has a, has a great smile and, and, and characteristics, but he's also immensely hardworking and it's clear he puts in the work to get to where he's at. So I think he's a really great example of Formula One in the modern age with the young guys who are standing across the table from the old guard of people like Lewis and Seb who have been around the block a while. But Lando came up to Formula One in 2019 um, with Alex Albon and George Russell, I believe. So he came from Formula Two with a few other guys and has been doing really well with McLaren. I'm really excited considering that McLaren struggled for quite a few years before then, but has seen a real real uptick and real resurgence in their power and results, especially considering Lando was able to score his first podium in the first race this season. That was so, so exciting to see. It was well worth it after all those uh, months of waiting to see him so happy to do that. Um, so he's going to remain on McLaren for the foreseeable future, not sure how long, while Carlos Sainz, as I said before, is moving to Ferrari for next year. So before I go, I'm hoping to get an Instagram up and running for this podcast where I will try and keep you updated on episodes, releasing topics, anything like that. That will be uh, at the handle at Formula 101 with the numbers 101 underscore podcast. As well, if you would like to see any of the artwork that I do that is Formula One related, I spend a lot of my time interested in art and design, and so I create a lot of artwork that is Formula One centered. If you'd like to see any of that, that is at the handle at art, A-R-T underscore B-Y by P-E-Y-T-O-N, which is my name. So it's art underscore by Peyton, all one word. So I'll try and keep both of those updated. I apologize if anything goes haywire. I am in the middle of school, but I will do my best to keep you updated on anything that may be happening through those channels. So next time, I want to do a little bit of an educational section on this podcast. And trust me, that doesn't, that's not going to be bad. I'm not going to be droning on forever, but I'm going to look into some of the new regulations that are coming for 2022. So some of those really exciting changes that we're hoping to come around and kind of reinvent the sport and make it more exciting and more competitive and all of those good things, but also speak about my kind of new obsession and which is formula two. Uh, and then a little bit about formula E, because I think those are, those are some of the big names that people don't exactly know about off the top of their head, but are still front runners in the motorsport world. So I'm going to speak about those and hopefully you'll stick around for that. So thank you again for listening to this. I really do appreciate every single one of you. It means the world that you took the time to do this. So thank you so much again, and I will see you next time on Formula 101.